I'm telling you, there's so much fire up here. Martha uh, came to argue and to reason. Mary came to worship. The first thing that she did, she fell down at his feet. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Kingdom Rock Radio. You are moments away from receiving God's rich word. But first, remember that you can subscribe to our Roku channel as well as our podcast. And don't forget, for more information, you can always contact us at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's word. Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to our Wednesday night. It's our time of power here in the, uh, on our midweek service. And I want to thank you so much for being here with us uh, here live, uh, whether you're watching by way of YouTube or Periscope or whether you're watching later on by way of Roku, or if you're listening by way of podcast, we welcome you tonight in the name of Jesus. So wherever you are and whenever you are listening or watching, we say hello and welcome. All right, well, tonight we're going to get right back in uh, to a part two of the message that we talked about or we started on a few weeks ago uh, entitled Get Up. So if you are watching by way of YouTube, you can look in the description area below and you can find part one of that if you haven't already seen it. But before we go ahead and, and uh, get started, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so very much for this time that you've given us to gather around your rich word. We do pray, Lord God, that you would just speak to us by your spirit tonight. And, and uh, we pray that we would just enjoy Jesus and, and have fun tonight as we enjoy your rich presence. We love you so much. We ask you to teach us tonight. Lead us in the way that we should go. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. All right. Well, let's get into part two of the message entitled, Get Up. So we were in John the 11th chapter, and that word was so meaty, it was so profound, that we're going to have to go back and and finish digging it out. There's just so much here. John, the 11th chapter, uh, it is, there's so much there. I feel like I can go into a part four and a part five because of the same chapter. So let's just dive back into it. I'm just so excited. And uh, let's get back. All right. So let's start at verse number one once again. John, John 11, verse number one. It says, Now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, uh, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. Stop right there for a second. It says a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. Now, understanding biblical names is so awesome. Uh, when you catch the flow just of verse number one, if you understand what's happening in verse number one, it really overshadows the entire chapter. Now, if you remember this account, this is when the Lord Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead, right? Uh, and the whole big to do and all of that. And we'll get into that. Uh, so if you have already read this chapter, you already know what's going to be said. And if you uh, listen to part number one of this of this message, uh, get up, then you already know as well. So. So if you catch number one, verse number one, you'll catch the entire flow 
of the entire thing. Now, what said, what information is given to us in verse number one of the chapter? Let's look at it. It says again, there is a certain man, uh, and now a certain man was sick. We understand that, uh, named Lazarus. Lazarus is the first, first person that we see mentioned in, in this chapter. Now, the name Lazarus, this is so wonderful. The name Lazarus means whom God helps. I'm not making this up. The name Lazarus means whom God helps. So here's the question. Is Lazarus going to need some help in this chapter? Absolutely. Isn't that wild? That's just amazing. Uh, whom God helps. So Lazarus is the one that's going to need help in this chapter. All right. Now we know the main person in this chapter is the Lord Jesus Christ. And the name Jesus means uh, Jehovah saves or Jehovah saves, or Jehovah is salvation. This is wonderful. So Jesus is going to be, once again, the Savior. He's going to be the one that's going to help Lazarus, all right? So we know just from Lazarus' name in this chapter, he's going to need God to help him. All right, Lazarus has two sisters, and uh, one is named Mary, and some of you already know from uh, the message that we just ministered on last week, which you will get uh, eventually. Uh, the message was entitled, A Fresh Anointing. And we talked about the name Mary there, and the name Mary means their rebellion, their rebellion, which is extremely powerful, their rebellion. Understand the word their there implies uh, ownership of several parties, right? Uh, that's their house. That's their car. As in uh, more than one person has ownership of it or more than one person has a right to it. Their rebellion, their rebellion. Someone is going to stand up against uh, a, a, a stand up against someone else that's in authority or someone else that's in power, right? Their rebellion. Now, I'm saying that because you'll also see the difference between Mary and Martha. Uh, Martha's uh, name men, means uh, she who rebels or she was rebellious. She was rebellious. So again, Mary's name is their rebellion, ownership, but Martha is she who rebelled or she whom rebelled. So it's talking about that one person, Martha, is talking about just her, and Mary's talking about them. Now, grab a hold of that. That may not mean a whole lot to you now, but as we go through the entire chapter, it's going to sing like a parakeet. I'm telling you, it, this is awesome. Now, one more time, Mary means what? Right, their rebellion. There's a group of people with her. Their rebellion, a group of people. But Martha, again, is she was rebellious, talking about the individual. She was rebellious. All right. Now, Mary and Martha uh, come from the town of Bethany. Bethany. And Bethany can mean two things. One, house of dates, and also house of misery. Question, was Mary and Martha and Lazarus in misery uh, when the Lord Jesus comes on the scene. You already know, yes, because it says, verse number one, Lazarus was sick, and uh, he was so sick, he was at the point of death. 
obviously. He was on his deathbed when they called for Jesus. So was there a lot of misery there? Absolutely. So do you see what I'm talking about, about how the names of places, the names of individuals can encapsulate or tell you about some things that are coming? Hallelujah. Now, this may not be the case all the time, but here it is definitely the time. Now, we talked about uh, Herod a few weeks ago. We know that Herod's name, <laughs> Herod means uh, one that is a heroic, a hero. Well, that wasn't so much the case of Herod. Although, yeah, although he did protect John in prison when Herodias, his wife, wanted to kill him, right? So maybe in that case, but Herod was an evil man, but that's, that's something else altogether. So, but here in this chapter, in John 11, these things, these names and titles match up marvelously. So having those things in mind, let's go back and we're going to look through uh, the entire chapter once again. Oh, this is thrilling, and I'm glad you're here with me. All right, so again, verse number one. Now a certain man was sick named Lazarus, he whom God helps, um, of Bethany, place of misery, right? Oh, the house of misery, uh, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. Now, verse number two, it was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Now, this is a foreshadowing of something that's going to happen in chapter number 12, the very next chapter over. So for some reason, the Lord wants us to know about Mary's sacrifice, even that she is a worshiper, a true worshiper, before he tells us the, the entire account of Lazarus being raised from the dead. What Mary is about to do in chapter 12 is going to uh, give her, her name is going to be mentioned everywhere the gospel is preached all around the world as a memorial for her. She will be remembered forever because of this one sacrifice that's going to happen in just a little while. All right. But the Lord tells us, I believe the Lord tells us here, he foreshadows what's about to happen so that we can get some of the background here, some of the background of what's taking place. This is so wonderful. So we're going to be talking about Lazarus, of course. We're going to be talking about Mary and Martha, the differences between the two. And we're going to be, of course, talking about uh, the Lord Jesus Christ and, and how he operates uh, between them and, and how they relate to him all within the next mm, few minutes. So stick around. We're going to have a great time. I'm already very excited. All right. So let's look at verse three. Uh, Therefore, his sister sent unto him saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. In verse number four, when Jesus heard that, when he heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. We hit on that last time. Not going to go back into that, but just go back to last week. Verse number five. Uh, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Oh, my God. That makes me want to uh, listen to that again. Now, you know what's about to take place. This is what I'm saying. You know what's about to take place. You know that Jesus 
If he were there while Lazarus was sick, he would have healed them. They all know that. That's all through the text. Mary has said it. Martha, well, they're about to say it. Uh, spoiler alert, I guess, if you haven't read it. Mary's about to say it. Martha's about to say it. The townspeople were about to say it. And the disciples know it. Jesus tells the disciples, if I were there, I would have healed him. But because I wasn't there, it's good for, for you guys so that you would believe, right? Right now, if Jesus had been there, Lazarus show sure enough would have been healed, but he's going to use Lazarus so that he will be glorified. Now, grab a hold of this. Lazarus is about to go through a lot of pain. He's about to go through misery. His sisters are about to endure a lot of misery and pain at the loss of their brother. They're about to be weeping. There's about to be a whole lot of weeping uh, in their house, in their neighborhood, as, as many people are going to come and they're going to try to comfort them. So they're going to go through a lot of pain. Now, why am I saying that that's important for, uh, with verse number five? Look at it again. It says, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. He loved them, but yet and still he allowed them to go through pain. He allowed them to go through suffering. He loved them, but he allowed them to go through. Oh my God. Are, are you hearing what it was are you hearing? He loved them, but he allowed them to go through. Some people say, well, you know, if you know, if you were really tight with the Lord, if you were really right with God, if you were really right with him, then you then, you know, God wouldn't allow bad stuff to happen. He wouldn't allow you to suffer if he really loved you. If you if your life was lined up, if you were doing well, then he would not have allowed allowed you to suffer. Well, we could also talk about Job, right? He was an upright man, so forth and so on. But yet and still he was allowed to suffer. Think about that. If we think that our goodness will prevent us from suffering, when you think about that, I want you to think about the Lord Jesus Christ. He is good. He is goodness. But yet and still, he suffered. Remember, we're still living on this planet. Bad things are still happening on this planet. We're not home yet, right? We're not home yet. We're not to our heavenly home as of yet. So because we are around suffering, sometimes we will suffer. But here's the difference between you. Here's the difference, the difference between me, the body of Christ, and the world. Our suffering is temporary. It is temporary. Hallelujah. And after we have suffered a while, we will also reign. We will also rule. Hallelujah. Your suffering is for a purpose. Glory to God. Your suffering is for a promotion. Glory to God. Your suffering is for the glory of God, and it will only last for a moment. That's the difference. Glory. Hallelujah. That's the difference. That's the difference. Other around you may suffer yes the world is suffering but your suffering is temporary so you can rejoice in the Lord for that hallelujah if you're going through something now don't allow that problem don't allow the situation don't allow that to determine your value to the father sometimes because he loves you 
you'll suffer. Whoo. But let, let me tell you again, it's always temporary. For this light affliction that you're going through, I'm telling you, it's a light affliction that you're going through. It's working for you. Glory to God. And it worked for them. So hang on, hang on, hang on. I'm telling you again, as we said last time, your get up morning, your resurrection morning is around the corner. Your time of victory is around the corner. I really just want to say that, my God, your time of victory is right around the corner. Hallelujah. Yes, you've been going through. And at times it, it has been pure agony. At times you, you feel like you just want to jump out of your skin you want it all to end but let me tell you as jesus said unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies it abides alone unless that seed falls into the ground and dies it will abide alone but if it die it will go through a metamorphosis a metamorphosis process it will be transformed and it will be changed and it shall bring forth fruit that will bless the nations hallelujah hallelujah Hallelujah, hallelujah. There's something about that transformation. There's something about that sweet transformation. I'm telling you, it, it doesn't feel good, but I'm telling you, if you endure it, it's going to be all worth it. Glory to God. It's going to be worth it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So let's look on a little bit further. Oh, I'm so excited and I'm so glad that you're here. Mm, these are some exciting times. Let's look at verse number six again. Now, I want you to see something in verse number six. It says, when he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, when Jesus heard that Lazarus was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. He abode, he stayed two days in the same place where he was. Now, the number two is highly prophetic. It's a highly prophetic number. Two talks about partnership. How can two walk together unless they be agreed? You know, when a man and a wife, they come together, the two become one. Talks about a divine partnership. It talks about agreement. Something happens when we can touch and agree. Hallelujah. So I want you to see this number two in the form of agreement, because two talks about agreement, okay? So something's about to happen here before he moves out. It says here, again, verse number six, when he heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. All right, so the prayer, if you will, the message got to Jesus, and when it got to him, he waited until the time of agreement, Something had to change. Something had to agree before he moved to the next place. All right. So after this point, uh, he tells the disciples here. Let's look at it. Uh, verse number seven. Then after uh, that. Uh, saith he to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. You know, they talk about the Lord say, hey, we got to wake up Lazarus. And they say, hey, Lord, if he sleeps, he does well. Then the Lord tells them plainly, Lazarus is dead and I'm going to wake him up. I'm going to raise him from the dead. And they, they said to him, Lord, you know, the, the Jews as of late uh, sought to stone you. They wanted to kill you. And you're going back there again. And then he tells them, you know, we have to do work while it's daytime, you know, and all that good stuff. You, you read it when you get down there. Uh, then they say, well, let's go ahead and go. And Thomas makes his brave statement. He says, well, let's go too. 
Now, let's go to it in verse 16. Then said Thomas, which uh, is called Didymus, unto his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. Oh, what are they speaking big words when Jesus is with them? Oh, my God. That's something, too, isn't it? Isn't it? They, we can talk loud, we can talk long, and when Jesus is with us, when the presence of God is with us, but when the glory departs, there's no big words spoken, <laughs> you know. Remember when Peter said, Lord, uh, be this thing, be this far from you. He said, Lord, I'm ready to die for you. I'm ready to go into prison and die for you. He said that in the presence of the Lord, and he meant that. But the Lord Jesus said, what, Peter? Uh, before this rooster going to crow three times, before he crows three times, you're going to, or before the rooster crows twice, you're going to deny me three times. And he surely did. Was the Lord with him at that moment? No. He was going through the crucifixion process, separated from Peter at that moment. And Peter wasn't talking big and bad then. Are you understanding? Here, um, Thomas uh, talking big and bad. Hey, let's go and let's go and die with him because Jesus was with him. But what happened the moment when Jesus was crucified, you know, and they thought he was um, that, that he was uh, going to remain dead, that he was dead, wasn't going to get up. That wasn't even a thought in their minds, right? And uh, some disciples came back and said, you know, hey, Jesus is alive. Thomas said, they said, Jesus is, a, is alive. Thomas said, what? He said, what? I'm not going to believe unless I'm able to put my finger in his side and I'm, I'm not going to believe and I'm not going to believe. Where's all that big talk, Thomas? You know, here you were a man of faith, but there looks like you're possibly a man of doubt. What happens? What's the, what's, what's the difference? Jesus being with them. And when Jesus is with you, you'll talk big and bold too. Here in the Bible, before the Lord's death, burial, and resurrection, Jesus could only be with them, um, you know, physically because he was still in this physical form. He had not died upon the cross. He had not given his life, right? So he could only be in one place at one time. But after his resurrection, he can be in all places at all times. So he can be with me and be with you at all times. So what does that mean? We should always be able to talk big and bold because the Lord is always with us. Glory to God. He's always with us. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you, but, but I'll be with you until the end of the age. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Are you hearing this? Oh, my God. The Lord is with you. So you can always talk bold and always talk courageous. Some people say, well, you know, well, what, what if I speak words of faith and, and nothing happens? Or, what if I speak words of faith and, and live in faith and, and, then, and then I die? What then? Let me tell you, my friends, and I've said this before, and it, it bears record to say it again. I would rather us live in faith than, and, uh, and live in faith and die in faith than to live in doubt and die in doubt. Are you hearing me? Oh, hallelujah. I would rather be written on my tombstone. My tombstone. Here lies a man that trusted in Jesus. Hallelujah. Instead of here lies a man that lived in doubt, that lived in fear and worry and dread. No, no, no. Let the testimony be that we are the saints of the most high God and we believe in Jesus. Come what may. We'll stand for the Lamb of God and declare. 
declare his precious word. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Oh, I'm, I'm so excited. I feel the presence of the Lord. Oh, this is so wonderful. <laughs> All right, so let's try our best to get back into this text tonight. I told you it had so much in here, so we're trying to get through it. All right, so Thomas's confession. Then said Thomas, which is called Didymus, unto his fellow disciples, let us go also that we may die with him. All right, that's wonderful, Thomas. Verse 17. Then when Jesus came, he found that he had lain in the grave four days, four days already. Simply Lazarus was good and dead. All right. We're going to come back to that some other time because there's so much more to the number four. But I want I want I want to continue with the number two just for a few moments. In verse number five, verse number 18, very next verse, it says, now Bethany was nigh unto Jerusalem about 15 furloins off about 15 furloins off now that's important we're going to come back to that it says in verse number 19 and many of the jews uh, came to mary and martha to comfort them concerning their brother oh my god that's another one. Oh boy this are you getting this that's another one so before we get into 19 let's back up again to 18 let me tell you about these 15 furloings all right now 15 furloings if you you look at this up uh and in many translations some translations say the 15 furloings uh is means a, a few miles or a couple of miles the amplified bible i love this it really really puts it directly and it says that this that Jesus was now two miles, two miles from uh, from Bethany, two miles from where they were. So first, when Jesus gets the prayer, when he hears wind of what has happened to Lazarus, when he gets wind of that, he stays how many days? Yeah, you got it. Two days waiting for agreement. And so he moves out and then he gets to a certain place and he stops two miles out and he stops something is going to have to happen some agreement is going to have to happen before he moves forward so let's see what's going to cause jesus to move forward what is the agreement that's gonna have to happen what's going to make him or cause him to move from where he is to where he needs to be where does he need to be he needs to be at the tomb of lazarus so that he can raise lazarus up because lazarus was sick and lazarus died so that jesus could be glorified so that people would know who he is that he is the Christ, the son of the living God, God in the flesh, Emmanuel with him. Are you, are you hearing me? God with us. Hallelujah. So something has to happen. Something big has to happen to cause Jesus to move from where he is. He's at the two. All right. Something has to happen to get him to move from where he is to where he should be. Now, that's another point there. We can put another hashtag or a point, whatever you want to call it, marker right there, because sometimes some things won't move in our lives until there is a divine agreement, until there is a, a divine agreement. Did Jesus have the power? Yes, absolutely. Was the prayer that did did was uh, was the Lord? Um, 
Was he aware of the situation? Absolutely. Did he release the word? Absolutely. Why didn't he come? He needed agreement. Something had to happen. So let's take a look at this. My goodness, as we begin to close out shortly, I hope that you're getting something out of this. I am. Let's look. This is so, this is so exciting. So exciting. All right. Verse number 19. Now grab this situation. Grab it. Here we go. Ready to grab it. Verse 19 says, and many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. All right. Many of the Jews, many of the people, obviously uh, friends, and there may have been some professional mourners, I don't know, but many of the people, when they heard about Lazarus, that he was dead, they came to do what? They came to comfort them concerning their brother. Comfort who? Them. Many of the people, now, come on, stay with me. I'm being simple for a reason. Many of the people came to comfort them. Many of the people came to comfort them. Many of the people came to comfort them concerning their brother. Who's of them? Mary and Martha. All right, let's go on now. Verse 20. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him, but Mary sat still in the house. All right, so what's happening? Martha is now leaving the place, leaving the house, that is leaving Mary and leaving the comforters. All right, Martha gets up and leaves to go meet Jesus. Who leaves? Martha gets up and leaves to go meet Jesus. All right, who's left at the house? Mary and all the comforters. Got it? All right, let's look. And it says here, verse 21, then said Martha unto Jesus, here comes the conversation, Lord, if, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. Verse 22, but I know that even now what, whatsoever thou shalt ask of God, God will give it thee. Jesus saith unto her, thy brother shall rise again. Martha saith unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. I'm not going to say she sounds a bit snippy, but yeah, I'm not going to say that. Here we go. He shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Uh, verse number 25, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall, uh, shall never die. Believest thou this? She said unto him, Yea, Lord, here's his confession. Are you, you ready? Here's his confession. She saith, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God, which should come into the world. Grab a hold of that. She's saying simply, I believe that you are God in the flesh. Now, that is a mighty powerful statement. I believe that you are the Christ, the Savior of the world. 
That's a big statement. Remember Peter made that statement? Jesus said to the disciples, whom do men say that I am? And they said, some say you're Jonas or, or, or Elijah. Some say you're this, some you say, say you're that. But Jesus said, well, what do, you, what do you say? Who do you say that I am? Peter stood up, you know, and said, hey, I, um, thou art the Christ. And, and Jesus said, well, hey, flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you, but my Father which is in heaven and upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Peter makes that statement now Martha is making that statement Martha is able to look past the veil of the Lord's flesh and sees Christ sees the spirit of Christ sees God now that's big now we're going to come back to that in a second but she makes this uh, this declaration she makes it right here which which looks to be private she makes that declaration could this be the agreement that we're looking for Remember, we're looking for agreement, too, because he's there uh, at, at the 15 furlong place, two, about two miles out. And whenever there's a two, there must be divine agreement because, you know, even after this encounter, encounter, he's still there. So this is not the agreement yet. But let's let's look on a little bit further. My goodness, time is really getting away from us. Whew. My goodness. All right. You ready? Let's go. All right. So <clears throat> where do we stop? This is so good. All right, verse number 26. Uh, no, verse 27. She saith unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. Verse number 28. And when she had so said, she went her way and called Mary, her sister, secretly, saying, The Master is coming. Rather, the Master is come and calleth for thee. As soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came unto him. Look at verse number 30. Now Jesus was not yet come into the town, but was in, the, but was in that place where Martha met him. All right. So even Martha's confession did not cause Jesus to move. He's looking for agreement, looking for agreement. There's something that's going to have to be said or something that's going to have to be done before he leaves where he is and goes into the place. Now, we can say it this way. We can say it two ways. That Martha did not offer up the agreement that he was looking for, or the agreement could be between Mary and Martha when they have both come to him and then he moves out. Because sometimes there has to be agreement in the home. Uh, you know, this is one great thing about marriage. I think it's a great thing, but sometimes people can see it as a hindrance. Because if the husband and wife is not in agreement, if you're not in agreement, don't you know your prayers can be hindered? The Bible says that the husband's prayers can be hindered. Yeah, the prayers of the home reaching God can be hindered if your home if your relationship is basically not in agreement, if you're at odds one uh, with another husband, your prayers can be hindered, hindered, not meaning stopped, but there are definitely, definitely some wrinkles that will prevent you from getting the ready answers that you're looking for. Hallelujah to the lamb of God. So there has to be some agreement before Jesus moves. So let's hurry on here. My goodness. Whew, this is so good. And I hope that you're really getting something out of this. I'm just enjoying you so much. My Lord, my Lord, my Lord. All right. So let's look at this again. It says here. All right. Uh, let's go back uh, <clears throat> to verse 28. 
Last part of that says, the master is come and calling for thee. As soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came unto him. Now Jesus was not yet come into the, into the town, but was in that place where Martha uh, met him. The Jews, here we go. All right. The Jews then which uh, were with her in the house and comforted her, when she saw, rather, when they saw Mary, that she rose up hastily and went out, followed her, saying, she goeth unto the grave to weep there. Now, let's go back up to the very top. Mary's name meant what? Their rebellion. Their meaning a group. Hmm? Martha's name Martha's name meant um, she was rebellious. She was rebellious, the single. Now, now we get into this. When Martha left the house, nobody left with her. But when Mary left the house, everybody left with her. Are you hearing? When Martha left, single, she was rebellious. But when Mary left, their rebellion, everybody followed her. So here's another point we can say today. When you're coming to Jesus, when you're going to meet with Jesus, and one day we will all go and meet Jesus, how many people will you bring with you? We rolling. You ready? How many people will you bring with you? Huh? Mary, remember Mary is a worshiper. My God, Mary is a worshiper. Hallelujah. Martha, I'm sure is a very good woman. She is definitely a servant. We can look over there in uh, Luke the 10th chapter, how they were, uh, I think it was Luke the 10th chapter, how they were uh, having uh, some sort of party or, or dinner at their, at their house, and, and Martha was in the kitchen, um, you know, serving, and Mary was at the feet of Jesus, hearing his words, and Martha said to Jesus, Lord, tell my sister to get her little mm-hmm in the kitchen with me and help me cook. And Jesus said, you know, he didn't say, hmm, 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 you know, just, you got it. And Jesus said to her, he said, "Uh, Martha, Martha, you are cumbered about with many things. Mary has chosen the best part, which will not be taken away from her. This telling me is that Martha took on too many responsibilities, too many things. She took on too much, and often we can take on too much. We can do more than what's required we can do more uh, than what the Lord is requiring. We can go overboard. We can be overwhelmed in things that Jesus did not tell us to do. All in an effort of, I'm trying to serve the Lord. I want to serve the Lord. And so you do so much more, and you miss opportunities. You miss the opportunity to truly worship him and labor and, and sit at his feet and hear his words. Are you hearing? Oh, my God. Who are you bringing with you? Mary was a worshiper. So when she left the house, everybody went. Martha left. It was just Martha. So they get there, and what happens? Oh, my goodness. Whew. You ready? All right, let's go back to it. It says uh, in verse number 30, I think we were, right? Um, 
Now, Jesus was not, no, no, no. Let's go a little bit further. Let's go to verse 32. Then when uh, Mary was come where Jesus was, all right, so Mary is now come and she brings her entourage with her people. She is not compelling people to go with her. They're just going with her. All right. When Mary gets there, it says in verse number uh, 32, I think. Yeah. When Mary, then when Mary was come where Jesus was, where Jesus was at the two, two mile mark. When Jesus comes, rather, when Mary comes to the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, are you getting that she fell down at his feet Martha was going to argue but Mary came to worship are you getting that oh that is thrilling I'm telling you there's so much fire up here Martha uh, came to argue and to reason Mary came to worship the first thing that she did she fell down at his feet saying unto him Lord if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. That was the faith in her heart, and she released it as she worshiped. Look at verse 33. How did Jesus respond to that? When Jesus, therefore, saw her weeping, he didn't see Martha weeping. Not saying Martha wasn't sad. He didn't see Martha weeping, but when Jesus saw Mary weeping, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, what happened? There's a reaction. Something happened on the inside. Are you hearing this, my God? Something happened on the inside of Jesus when he saw her weeping and those with her weeping something happened on the inside of Jesus that's about to get him to go from the mile marker to he's about to find his agreement and leave where he is let's look and see what it is oh my goodness this is so good uh, verse 32 says again then when Mary was come where Jesus was, she, she, um, and saw him, uh, she fell down at his feet saying unto him, Lord, if thou, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. When Jesus, therefore, verse 33, when Jesus, therefore saw her weeping and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, here's the reaction. He groaned in his spirit and was troubled. Now, Woo. I think we're going to have to go into a part three. Yeah. And we're going to have to go into part three. <laughs> we're going to have to go there. Woo. So uh, make sure you hear with me on next week. But let me tell you about this groaning part. This is so awesome. Oh, my goodness. Grab a hold of this. Groan here. If you look at this in the, in the text, if you go into... Um, you know, your Bible concordances and you, you go into your Greek and all of that. And, you know, I like to look at a blueletterbible.com, not plugging, but it's a great resource. All right. When you go back and you look at the original text and see what it means, you'll find here that the word groaned here means uh, sternly to charge, sternly to charge. It means also uh, threatening, threatened to enjoin. That means, uh, the word enjoin there means to instruct or urge someone to do something. So when he saw her weeping, 
and the Jews also with her weeping. Basically, he began to get angry. Now, not angry at them, because shortly we'll see that Jesus wept too. So he was not angry at their weeping. He was angry at the situation. Just think about a parent. And let's say your child has some disease. Are you angry at the child or are you angry at the disease? Jesus is about to do something. The anger is rising up on the inside of him and he's about to do something. Some, this anger is about to be is about to push him from where he is, from where he needs to go. Many times Jesus was moved by compassion. He was moved by love, drawn by love. But here he's going to do something. Because this death thing, this situation that is tormenting his people is causing anger to arise in him. And he's about to do something. He's about This anger is about to move him from two, move him from the second spot, as we say, the two-mile mark, into where Lazarus is. Now, let me read this to you, that same verse out of the New Living Translation. And then we're beginning to close here. There's still so much more, <laughs> my God. There's still so much more. Listen to, verse, uh, listen to that same verse out of the New Living Translation. I love the way it reads. Listen, it says this. When Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her, a deep anger, a deep anger welled up within him. And he was deeply troubled. My God. He knew it was going to happen. He knew Lazarus was going to die. He knew that. And he also knew that he was going to raise Lazarus up. But when he gets to this point and he sees the, he sees the cries of his people, he's touched by the feelings of their infirmities. This thing has touched him as if someone has come to your child, has come to your spouse and has threatened them. It makes you angry and it troubled him deep inside. Listen to that verse again out of a New Living Translation. When Jesus saw her weeping, and and um, <clears throat> and saw the other people wailing with her, a deep anger welled up within him and he was deeply troubled, deeply troubled. So let's look further on. King James said that he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. That groaning means he got angry. He's about to release a stern word. Now, listen, it says in verse 34. And said, now, now, here again, after he is, he is angered, deeply angered and troubled. He's about to release a word. He said, where have ye laid him? <laughs> His face is turning toward Lazarus' grave now. He's angry, getting ready to handle some business, if you will. He's about to open up a can, if you will. You know what I'm saying? About open up. Where have you laid him? The anger, the, her worship, their feelings has caused God to move. My goodness. Are you, are you hearing me? He calls that question. And then, of course, verse 35, Jesus wept. They said, let me re finish reading verse 34. 
and said, where have you laid him? They said unto him, Lord, come and see. So they're taking Jesus. Come on, Lord. Jesus wept. All right. That's a very good place for us to end right now because from here on out, I think I'm going to need some refreshing or something. Whew, I'm telling you to get interested because it is so powerful as it goes on through here. This was awesome. And the other half is going to be even more awesomer. And we're really going to get into this and really enjoy it. My God, I hope that you got something out of this tonight because I'm almost exhausted, but I'm ready to go again. I love the word of God, and I pray that you love the word of God too. So we've gotten a lot of good nuggets uh, out of the word of God tonight, out of John the 11th chapter, and I can't wait to get further into John 11 and then go to John the 12th chapter because, as we said, there's still more things over there. Oh, my goodness. So come back next week, good and hungry, and we're going to go at it again and enjoy Jesus. Whew. Thank you so much for watching. So if you are watching by way of YouTube, make sure you give us a thumbs up and uh, leave us a prayer request if you want there in the comment section below. If you haven't subscribed, make sure you subscribe and hit the bell button so that you can be notified when we are live again. And that's a good thing. We'd love to have you. If you're on Roku, I'm glad you guys are watching. And those of you that are listening by podcast, wow, we've had a great time today. <sighs> I've enjoyed myself. So remember until next time that Jesus loves you and we do too. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. I'll see you on the next Bible study. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Remember, if you would like to hear today's message in its entirety or hear the entire series, just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. That's kingdomrock.org. You can also subscribe to our podcast and get it on the go. And if you have a Roku device, make sure you search for Kingdom Rock TV. In there, you will find this program and so much more. We would also love to see you in a live service. Just go to our website to get the details at www.kingdomrock.org. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.